Blog Talk Radio. Elevate your mind, get yourself together. Elevate your mind, make yourself feel better. Elevate your mind, get yourself together. Elevate your mind, make yourself feel better. Elevate your mind, get yourself together. Elevate your mind, make yourself feel better. Elevate your mind, get yourself together. Elevate your mind, make yourself feel better. To the very special person listening to this broadcast, welcome. Welcome to another episode of Taboo Talk featuring your very own pastor, me, Lady Charmaine Day. Today's show is guaranteed to be full of sensitive, intimate, natural conversations rarely talked about in the Christian community. So now, get ready for your very own spiritual consultation. Are you ready? Great, let's begin. How are you doing, beautiful? I know you are doing wonderful, incredible, marvelous, and special. Because, you know, when I think about you, that's the only way I can describe you. You simply are marvelous and very, very special. And when people are around you, you bring them joy and happiness. Because you are so loving, kind, uplifting, and nurturing, you truly are a blessing in your home, on your job, and within your community. So now let me give you a warm round of applause. Yay! Thank you for being so special and incredible. Thank you for all that you do. Know that God is with you wherever you are, and he is so proud of you. So keep up your good work, because you know what? You're the most nice person that people meet, and it means a lot. Today, we are so blessed, because we have the presence of of an incredible, magnificent, special guest star on the show, no other than Professor Griff. Let me tell you a little bit about him. Professor Griff is an internationally renowned educator, writer, producer, musician, platinum recording spoken word artist, lecturer, and founding member of the pioneering and revolutionary hip-hop group Public Enemy, author of the Public Music Business Guide, Music Business Rep, this resource information publication, Griff stands as a highly acclaimed seasoned entertainment industry veteran and sought-after resource on all aspects of the music business. An activist within both the conscious and hip-hop communities, Griff currently stands as a permanent fixture on the international lecture circuit when his riveting and powerful discourse book, The Psychological Covert War on Hip-Hop. An energetic and passionate educator, Griff skillfully customizes this extensively documented lecture to suit the needs of all audiences. Armed with an exemplary life of service and impressive 20-year musical career, Griff captivates audiences with his universal call for social responsibility when both the hip-hop community and larger culture. As perhaps a testament to his firm commitment to raise the level of consciousness of today's entire hip-hop generation, Griff effortlessly draws upon his own extensive entertainment industry experience and vast reservoir of historic scholarship and research to deliver this poignant message. Reared in Long Island, New York, and he's currently a resident of Atlanta, Georgia, Griff maintains a coveted role as Minister of Information for Public Enemy and is currently celebrating an unprecedented 60 world tours and 20th year anniversary with the group. A well-rounded music enthusiast, Griff is also a member of the hip-hop metal band Seven Octave and has created an empowering youth-hop curriculum called Kid Hoppus designed for the fused education and entertainment into a positive, effective instruction module. 
Musically, Griff has recorded nine albums with his group Public Enemy. However, he has long distinguished himself as a talented and acclaimed solo artist as well. Namely, while signed to Luke Records, Griff wrote, produced, and recorded three powerful and thought-provoking albums entitled Poems in the Games in 1990, Cows, Two Wizards, Seven Dome, 1991, and Disturbing the Peace, 1992. Also in 1998, Griff released Blood of the Prophet on Lethal Records. With his group, Confrontation Camp, Griff recorded the album Objects in the Mirror May Be Closer Than They Appear in 2000, and The Word Became Flesh in 2001. With his group, Seven Octave, he recorded the album The Seventh Degree, 2004. Griff has appeared in the following films, Turntables and The Chip Factor. In addition, he spearheaded the production of the informative documentary entitled Turn Off Channel Zero. Griff holds a Bachelor of Science degree in education, is a licensed personal security defense instructor, and an accomplished martial artist. An avid lecturer, known for his innate ability to impart life-changing ideas, concepts, and techniques for the spiritual, personal growth and development of all who attend his lectures, Professor Griff is uniquely equipped to meet the needs of an international, wide-ranging audience. And, of course, that's why we have him here today. So without further ado, help me welcome Professor Griff. How are you, Professor Griff? Yes, greetings. How are you? Great. How are you? All right, maintain it. Good, I hear you. Professor Grip, um, we want to talk to you today about the psychological covert war on hip hop, the book that you wrote. Uh huh. First of all, it's a powerful piece. It's powerful. Thank you. <laughs> um, couple of questions. Uh in your book you gave a definition that K R S one um defined hip hop as. Can we start there? Terrorist One, who um, organized and built, along with Minister Server, um, built the Temple of Hip Hop. Mm-hmm. And in their mission statement, they talk about hip hop uh, as an acronym meaning higher infinite power healing our people. Mm-hmm. Of course, Terrorist One coined the phrase edutainment, uh, morphing together. Uh, entertainment and education, mm-hmm. which I feel is a beautiful concept. But understanding high infinite power healing our people, which is hip hop, we have to understand the four basic fundamentals of hip hop that make up hip hop. And then we have to understand the fifth element, which is knowledge itself, which synthesizes the four fundamental elements. Okay. Are you talking about the four elements being earth, air, fire, and water? No, that's, that's four fundamental elements of the universe. I'm talking about four fundamental elements of hip-hop. <laughs> Are you talking about graffiti, the DJ, B-Boy, and MC? Exactly. Okay. Okay. Has hip-hop lived up to the definition given by KRS-One as being a higher infinite power healing our people? Oh, of course. We did monumentous, a monumentous work in uh, in the golden era of hip-hop with mm-hmm. healing the people community, when the golden era of hip-hop, uh, when we went through that particular era, when the consciousness and the vibration of consciousness was um, at its peak, activating the, the, the crown chakra. So we have to understand it to that degree. But now when the enemy crept in and neutralized conscious hip-hop, it kind of set us back. 
So hip hop didn't complete that particular task as being uh, true to its its acronym, Higher Infinite Power, hearing our people. Of course. Mm-hmm. And when would you say the enemy creeped in? I think between the the, the, uh, the oral tradition came after that came the, the conscious era of hip hop. And lo and behold, towards the middle, towards the end of the conscious era of hip hop, hip hop was neutralized by gangster rap, mm-hmm. which was, which would have been uh, uh, eighty nine, ninety, mm-hmm. a little before then, when N.W.A. came into existence. I think Dr. Dre put out the Chronic album. From that point on, it neutralized conscious hip hop. Okay. Now, you interviewed Chuck D about his uh, note to the community, and I want to use a a quote that Chuck D stated and then ask you a follow-up question. Okay. Chuck D Uh, D said hip-hop elements did not start in the 1970s. They were just modified in return. For example, emceeing its vocalization, you can compare Nas, Billie Holiday, and agree on, on a similar scale. Do you agree with that? I wholeheartedly agree with that. When we told the stories, we told the stories and we became the griots. We passed on the tradition, not only um, in the slave fields. um, We couldn't do it on the slave ship because a lot of us didn't speak the same language. The enemy knew exactly what they were doing when they took took hundreds and millions of us uh, and put us on slave ships and they mixed the tribes so we couldn't speak the same dialect. There's over 200 different dialects on the African continent. Mm-hmm. But when D speaks to uh, Billie Holiday, Nas, and the Griots um, in the same breath, it's a very beautiful thing because we convey messages. Um, we speak to certain things that uh, affect black people in the community. Um, it's a beautiful thing. Whether, whether Billie Holiday and Donnie Hathaway is singing it, Nas is rapping it, the last poets are doing poetry and spoken word, Regardless, whether the preacher is preaching it, nonetheless, um, they become the storytellers, the griots. Mm-hmm. Why is it that uh, people feel that hip-hop started from nowhere out of nothing when it has a foundation and legacy uh, that goes all the way back to the beginning of time? Well, due to their ignorance. Mm-hmm. You know, that's just like... That's just like uh, you, you, you're taking the presidency of the United States and saying, well, it just came from nowhere. That, that whole concept of having a president really doesn't mean anything. It's just kind of like it just happened. Well, if you mm-hmm. don't do your history, then you can make an ignorant statement like that. Mm-hmm. And in most cases, I wouldn't even dignify something like that with an answer. That's right. Okay. Um it's the reality of a hip hop mind revolution. Uh, will you think you see will see that in your time? A hip hop mind revolution? Yes. I've participated in it and brought it about. What do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> well, another one coming about. Let me, let me rephrase the question. Another one coming about. Because definitely oh, one could, is needed. Yeah, we could, we, we could do this at will. We're the ones that put the stars and the moon and the sun up there and set it in motion out of dark matter. You, you understand what I'm saying? Hip hop mm-hmm. didn't start in the 70s in the Bronx. Hip-hop is in our genetical code, and all we did is unlock it so we can do this at will. Mm-hmm. 
Now, whether they understand it to that degree, that's truly on them. Yeah, that's true. Now, do you think we're still in the music age of black music, white business? You got to repeat that one more time and talk a little bit slower. Okay. Do you think we're still in the music age of black music, white business? Oh, of course, definitely. (laughs) (laughs) It's definitely definitely a white business. Um, If you look at the structure of the music industry, you look at the structure of um, corporate America, the structure of just the average business in America, structured by that same demonic, um, egotistical, uh, male testosterone, testosterone having uh, entity, it's the same thing. It's black talent. It's white business structure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because we don't we don't look at things the way they look at things. It's just we don't we don't look at it that way. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't view things in that way. We see we see a tree. We look at it as a tree. We look at it as, as part of the self, and it serves its purpose. Other people may look at it as though they just something for me to cut down and clear the land and build a factory. That's fine, but okay. We don't view things the way they view things. We have a holistic uh, view in the way we view um, nature. We have a holistic way to view music and sound and vibration. We just don't see things alike. Yeah. Now, music is definitely being done differently with downloading, uh, people being able to get their music directly from the uh, studio to uh, iTunes and CD Baby. So do you think it's still like that? Well, there was a gentleman by the name of Jason Orr who who, who, uh, wrote, directed, and produced a film called Diary of a Decade. Mm -hmm. And um, in his film, as I was watching it, he interviewed speech from Arrested Development, the group Arrested Development. Speech says, what if hip-hop was organic? What what if hip-hop never filtered through the hands of our enemy? How organic would hip-hop be? Mm -hmm. Would we have the issues that we have today because hip-hop spoke truth to power? Would we have the problems that we have today in hip-hop? I Mm. think not. And a lot of what we call culture is filtered through the hands of our enemy and fed back to us. Mm-hmm. And we must understand it to that degree. I hear you. Now, what is your mission behind writing the psychological covert war, covert war on hip-hop? What did you want to accomplish as your overall goal? Well, my overall goal for writing the psychological covert war on hip-hop was number one to continue the mission of public enemy by raising the vibration, raising the consciousness level of the people of the human family. Uh-huh. Number two is to at least pinpoint that mindset, that demonic spirit, that agenda, the satanic Luciferian agenda that's going on inside of the culture called hip hop. Number three, to uh, make young people aware that your desire to want to get into an industry that will that you think may make you rich and famous is not the industry that you see from the outside in. It's a very different industry once you see it from the inside out. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe last but not least, I put a special chapter in there dealing with the Illuminati takeover of hip hop, mm-hmm. and I want to mystify who these people are and pull the cover off of who they are, connect the dots because these are real people. 
So and I, and I wanted to bring and make people aware of who these people are and bring them to the forefront so we can start correcting some of the issues that affect us through and via the culture called hip hop. Mm-hmm. Now, what is the Illuminati? You did mention it in your book, and I have a question here for you on that. Uh, so for those who don't know about it, can you tell them what is the Illuminati? Well, the Illuminati, according to its its, its founder and its its uh, creator, Adam Weishaupt, said the Illuminati simply means holders of the light. They're the holders of the light, and they believe that they're the ones that's going to lead the way in consciousness and enlightenment through the worship of Lucifer and through the agenda that they set forth. The Illuminati consists of 13 bloodlines, 13 families that make up the Illuminati. Mm-hmm. And so this is who and what these people are in that, in that their agenda. They are holder, they're the holders of the light, the light bearers. And mm-hmm. they view, they kind of view, um, they, they have their paradigm and their worldview is viewed through the narrow lens in which they created, and everything that's living and breathing and walking and existing on the planet, they have set out to control. Mm. When did this whole thing begin? Well, it was set in motion uh, way before Adam Weishaupt, because Adam Weishaupt, if you do the history, he was a Jesuit-trained professor of canon law. So it was set set in motion some time ago. The Mm -hmm. agenda was put in place and, 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 and set in motion, um, the, the next phase it was set in motion by Adam Weishaupt. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, what is the rap COINTELPRO subverting the power of hip-hop? You said how is it? Yeah, how is it? Well, you kind of figure if the rap COINTELPRO, which was defined by the Miami and New York Police Department and the agents and the snitches, that that worked with the Miami and, and New York Police Department. Um, the Rap Cartel Pro simply did surveillance on rap artists. They simply um, created a dossier in which you can read and see for yourself in the DVD in the documentary entitled Rap Sheets. Mm-hmm. Um, so this Rap Cartel Pro had set out to, uh, to neutralize to neutralize hip hop altogether. Mm-hmm. So with that with that being said, we see why artists uh, were targeted, tracked, stalked, and imprisoned. We see why the murders that took place in hip hop are un, un, unresolved. It's never been solved. Mm-hmm. Kill this one. Did you want to get away with murder? Kill a rapper. Mm-hmm. And some of these and some of these rap murders murders, so to speak really not solved. So you see why certain people go to jail. You see why it's almost um, it's almost like an initiation for rappers to go to jail and come out and then brag about uh, these things on their record. Simply because we have these 13 families that have set an agenda and set a vibration and a spirit, a demonic spirit in motion and infiltrated hip-hop and set these things up. So it's not, it's not surprising that you'll see a little Kim, uh, Foxy Brown, uh, I don't care if it's whoever it is, man, go to jail and, and do prison bids. Um, I don't care what rapper it is. I don't care if it's Shine. I don't care if it's, you know, whoever. 
Black Rob or whoever, DMX, if, if they set themselves in, in their own in their own literature, in their own reports, have said that they would create certain situations to go on in the rap community. You could Buster Rhymes had an incident where his bodyguard was shot down at the video shoot. It was over 150 witnesses, but no one knew anything. Hmm. So this is a very, very real thing. Okay. Now back to the Illuminati. How would you say it's taking over hip-hop, in your opinion? I'd say that the Illuminati infiltrated hip-hop. Okay, infiltrated. And How so? And installed their agenda. Okay. Well, it's easy, it's easy to take someone like uh, Puffy, who, quote-unquote, made his way um, in and through the music industry to the point where... They gave him $76 million to launch the bad boy thing. And you can see from then on, Puffy was a controlled individual. And you can see all the damage that Puffy has done in the music industry. Uh, Sacrificing everyone on his label. um, Doing things that are unheard of in the music industry, like sampling the whole song and rapping over it. Simply because you can pay for the publishing or you can pay for whatever. This actually neutralized certain aspects of hip-hop. We had a beautiful thing in hip hop where we uh where we would sample, you know, a second or so or a millisecond or so of someone's record and we would use that using something nothing, taking nothing and making something from it. That was called sampling. That was an art. Well if he got to the point where he was using the whole record. Mm. That did something to the artistic uh value of hip hop. So they're there, you could hear and see the agenda. The metrosexuals, the dumbing down of hip-hop, the homosexual and bisexual agenda that's going on inside of hip-hop. You can see it go on. You can see the agenda. You can see how music is affecting the people and uh, it's dictating behavior patterns. You know, never would we have tolerated someone like Nicki Minaj Mm -hmm. taking out a, a, a pink phallic dildo on stage and sticking it in her dancer. Mm. Never would have never tolerated that. How did we get to that point? I mm-hmm. say we need to return hip hop back to its cultural roots and press the cultural re- and historical reset button in hip hop. I like that restore historical reset button. That's nice. <laughs> Does Illuminati have their own hidden language or oh, signs? Can you tell uh, us about that? There is a uh, beautiful book that's out that's written by Tex Mars entitled Codex Magica. Mm-hmm. Um, and it talks about the hidden symbols and the mystery signs of the Illuminati. And it talks about the the, uh, the language that they use to communicate with uh, one another. They use sign languages, um, handshakes. They use um, uh, different various tones and inflections. They use double speak. Uh, George Bush was very good at that. This is how come no one understood him, and he could barely complete a sentence. Hmm. Uh, I'm talking about George Bush Jr. Oh wow! Okay. <laughs> so we have to understand this to this degree that this is very real, um, and this and this goes and this goes on, uh, and it's been going on that they can have an entire conversation while we're present. 
and mm. we won't have a clue as to what they're talking about. Mm. That's scary. Um, that's that's very scary. Yeah. Kathy Burns wrote a book, and uh, she mentioned she mentioned uh, dealing with signs and symbols. Our good brother Booker T. Coleman, we actually call him Brother Kaba. He um he said that a picture's worth a thousand words. If that's the case, then a sign in ancient Kemet, a symbol in ancient Kemet, rather, is worth a thousand pictures. Right. So you said sign language. What type of sign language would we might see? Uh, well, I, I guess it ought for me to explain that you'd have to see it then, right? <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay. So let me switch to some questions um, that we have from the listening audience. Okay. For years, a guy from Texas says, for years he thought that the sign Jimmy Superfly Snooker used before he jumped off the top rope was I love you. Now I find out it's for devil worship. Which is it? Now, you know, you just lost me. I don't know what you just said. Okay. <laughs> for years, this guy from Texas thought the sign Jimmy Superfly Snooker, a wrestling guy, used oh, before he jumped I'm not in that world. I don't. I don't know anything. Okay. About that. Another question from New Jersey is: What is Dubule, and can anyone join? <laughs> the Boule is a secret society. Mm-hmm. And and in short, no, you can't join. Okay. If it's a secret, and it's a society of men, you can't just walk up and join. No. Right. But what no. what is the Boule? It's a secret society. What do they do? Well, this is a black secret society. They patterned themselves after the Skull and Bones secret society. Mm-hmm. And if, once again, if it's a secret, then I'm sure they wouldn't want me telling you on the on the interview. Right. <laughs> okay. What, is, what do they have to do with the Illuminati? Boule is um, the advisors to the king. So they basically mm-hmm. the black secret society that basically is gigantic snitch organization <laughs> that advises <laughs> the king on the, the affairs when it comes to black people in America. Okay. Do they have any affiliation with the Illuminati? Uh, yeah, I just said they pattern themselves after the Skull and Bones secret society. Got you. Are females involved um, and what's their role with the Illuminati? Well, every, not every, but the majority of them have um, sister organizations. Got you. Okay. What relevance is the pyramid on the back of the dollar bill have to do with the Illuminati? Well, we were speaking about signs and symbols earlier. Am I correct? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah, we could have easily pulled out a dollar bill and broke the dollar bill down. That particular sign and symbol where it talks about Novus Ordo Seclorum, Anuit Coethus, or Novus Ordo Seclorum, announcing the birth of the New World Order, this is, this is one of the signs and symbols that they used to communicate with one another. But they took the capstone, which was which, which was coated in limestone, mm-hmm. uh, and they took the capstone off of the pyramid, disconnecting the head um, from the body. Mm-hmm. This head um, represents and symbolizes uh, the all-seeing eye of Lucifer, which, is represented, uh, which represents the Illuminati, which is uh, surrounded by the light, the torchbearers. Holders of the light, the Illuminati. Mm. Okay. Now, another question that uh, 
a person had was Rick Ross is the hottest rap artist out now, or one of them. Is well, he part I, of the Illuminati? I, I, I doubt that very seriously, but... Um, <laughs> I don't know. I'm just asking. I'm, I'm feeding you questions they gave me. And I'm, and I'm giving you answers. First of all, I don't think he's the quote-unquote hottest. And, and even look at the language that the, the, uh, the person who left that use. When we say terms like hot, you're referring to the devil. <laughs> right? Yes. So and so can really spit. Yeah, he say he's hot or he's he's a beast. Mm-hmm. This is the language of the Illuminati. <laughs> okay. That those words, those, that terminology is low vibration. Yes. So, is he part of the Illuminati? Listen, love, stop that. That's child's play. Mm. Once again. The Illuminati, holders of the light, set in motion by Adam Weishaupt, uh, a Jesuit-trained professor of canon law in Ingolstadt University in Bavaria, put together the Illuminati and the agenda. The Illuminati consists of 13 royal bloodlines, Rothschild, Astor, Bundy, Colin, DuPont, Freeman, Russell, Van Doren, uh, Merovigian, Reynolds, Disney, Kennedy, Onassis, and Lee. Mm. You did not hear anything about Rick Ross in there, did you? <laughs> no. Or Jay-Z, Kanye, or nobody, right or wrong? Right, you're right. These are the 13 families of the bloodline. These idiots that you just mentioned to me, they're peons. They're peasants when it comes to these people. Mm. Now, Rick Ross, Roger, whatever he called his name is, may be carrying out the agenda of the Illuminati, and he may not know it. That's why he needs to call me. Matter of fact, give him my number, 678-557-2919. So I'm going to give me a call. Okay. All right. Well, okay, let's switch gears. One of the things that I like about your book is that it is a complete, thorough analysis from beginning to end of a breakdown of the psychological covert war on hip-hop. And as you know, or you may not be aware, but July is National Minority Mental Health Month. And one of the things I wanted to say is that uh, some of the things going on with hip-hop is just totally insane. And I recently had uh, comedian Al Peters on, and he talked about how social insanity is keeping black people and people of color down. What's your take on that? You have to say that one more time. Okay. The last one. That social insanity, the the way that the culture is going, is keeping people insane and down and adding to all the social, the mental illness that's going on within society today. What's your take on that? You, you would have to give me an example of that. So, for example, um, within hip-hop, it's encouraged to wear your pants dragging down to the ground and emulating homosexuality. Yeah, I don't, I don't know who said that, but that's not why they wear their pants sagging. But that that's part that's 
that doesn't make any sense. 12, 20 years ago, people weren't doing that. that, that that's insan- insanity right now. Okay. Let's just say that's insanity, according to you, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you think it's insane for black people to be in the church, all black people in the church, studying a white theology with a white Jesus? That's insane to me. Okay, I understand your point of view, but I wouldn't say that Jesus is black. You can say it all you want to. We could say a lot of things, but we don't want nothing in America, do we? Right. <laughs> you ain't got the power to change it. Maybe okay. you can change it in your home by taking mm-hmm. a white Jesus down and putting up a black one. Mm-hmm. But, no, you might look at them sagging their pants as insane. We need to look at it from a psychological angle. It is insane for you to keep doing the same thing over and over and over and over and expect a different result. Right or wrong? Of course. I agree with you on that. We need to get rid of the white Jesus then in that case. You want to talk about insanity? Okay. Well, first of all, let me just tell you as a, a, a pastor and knowing the Bible, Jesus was not a white man. Jesus was a black man. Prove it. And, all right. I have to go to the scriptures. I'm gonna, okay. I got your you stuff. Mark, Mark, I'm a professor. Okay, I will give that to you offline, the path of scriptures to talk about his woolly hair um, and his complexion. Uh, oh, Jesus help. You can give it to me off the hair. That's cool. Yes. All right. And woolly hair is not straight blonde hair. Okay, okay woolly hair is. You can give it to me off the hair. <laughs> okay. So that's how I know that Jesus was a black man. You can give it to me off the air. All that has to do with the psychological covert war of hip-hop because that's the same thing where people are trying to mislead you with information, and what you're doing is disseminating the correct information out there so people are aware. And that's what I do with my show, Taboo Talk. I talk about things that people don't talk about in the Christian community. So people think that, yes, Jesus was white. No, he's not. Okay, people think that uh, you can't own your sexuality and still be Christian. Yes, you can uh, but what I'm saying is uh, people think that it's an oxymoron to be Christian and have a mental illness, okay? But people do have mental illness and are Christian, and they don't talk about it. And so what I was saying was that uh, it is a psychological warfare that people are inflicting homosexuality into um, the hip-hop culture, uh, into the culture at large, where that's becoming the norm versus uh, heterosexual being the Christian values being the norm or uh, whatever your faith is as being the norm. Yeah, that's 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 a lot that you just said. I mean, well, I guess we could, for the time we have left, we can kind of decode it. Right. First of all, we need to look up the word faith. Mm-hmm. It has nothing to do with having actual facts and truth now, does it? Mm-hmm. So that aspect of it, I, I I understand it, but it's hard for a lot of people to grasp. The second right. thing, more homosexuals in church than it is in hip hop. Mm-hmm. So when you start talking about your faith and what's correct and just that and the other, I think we need to straighten out the church first. <laughs> the church is producing homosexuals, mm. manufacturing them. Mm. You talking about the effeminization of the black African male? Wow! The 
church has dealt a devastating blow to black people. Mm. I'm not going to argue with you. Oh, you can't. <laughs> I'm, I'm, not. I'm not going to argue with I you. I know what's going do. on in churches. That's All why you know, do is come up to New York and take you to church, and I'll show you. I, I, hey, I've been there. That's why I do my ministry online without uh, – I I'm, I don't believe in what's going on in the churches. That's why I have an online ministry. Praise God. But in your book, you said that homosexuality is encouraged in hip hop. Why did you say that? It's encouraged in hip hop because it's encouraged in the society. It's encouraged in church. Polit- in politics, it's encouraged. Uh, Barack Obama signed off on the gay agenda. Mm-hmm. Jay Z co-signed and signed off on the gay agenda. Kanye West is wearing. And little Wendy, little Wayne wearing women's clothes. Mm. So it's, it's 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 encouraged. We can't say it's not. That's true. But of course, that young people are going to carry it over into the culture of hip hop and entertainment. It's there. It's there in um. It's there in the church. It's there in the home. Well, let me ask you a less inflammatory question. When and, and why did you begin writing? <laughs> oh, man. Anyway, my mom and my sisters and my brothers taught me how to write. Mm-hmm. You mean writing in the creative way that I write? Yes, writing books and writing guides. Oh, um, I think it, it it spoke to me when I seen a need to educate the people. The first piece I put together was um, Women of the Lost Books of the Bible. Mm. And um, it is embarrassing. It is a spit in my grandmother's face for these people to take all the Bibles that preceded the 1611 King James Version and strip the woman out of the scripture and mm. put together the crap called King James Version of the Bible, which is so demonic, and mm. call it the infallible word of God. And they treat women like women are just savages and just, you know, something to get around to a little bit later on to the point where women cannot be pastors. Women can't teach and preach the word of God. Women can't be godly. Women, and this is how they write about women. Because they've written women out of the scripture. Mm-hmm. They have the woman in the garden in, in this place called Eden, which is another misnomer, uh, talking to some snake and being the one responsible for the wickedness on the planet, biting apples and all this kind of madness. So I've been writing for a long time, but that was the first piece that I put together on mm-hmm. where, why the women get treated the way they get treated. Where are the women in the Bible? So I went back and I found the lost books, the forgotten books, the stolen books, the apocrypha, mm-hmm. all the other books they left out of the King James Version of the mm-hmm. Bible. Mm-hmm. And I found that women had very beautiful roles when it came to spirituality and especially Christianity. But these people, Illuminati, and got together and King James, the homosexual King James, got together and authorized his version of it and got these people together to rewrite and did a remix on the Bible. And here we are. 
Where did you find all these lost books? How I mean, how did you go about doing your research? Cat Williams said all of us should have some good white friends. That's all I do. <laughs> some of my good white friends, they got it. Mm. Mm. That's deep. Uh, if you had to do it all over again, what would you change, uh, if anything, in your latest book? Oh, I thought you was about to say, if I had to do it all over again and recreate the planet. <laughs> no, <laughs> Ooh, we, we, no, we running out of time. But, you know, that's another that's another show. <laughs> if I had to do it all over again, I think I would not have made it as complex as it is. I wrote mm-hmm. the book for thirteen to sixteen year olds. Mm-hmm. I didn't write it for grown people. Mm-hmm. Grown people wouldn't listen to Professor Griff. When I said that there's something going on in the music industry, and it's gonna it's gonna it's gonna turn our children into to little whores, it's gonna turn our children into gangsters and thugs because I see it going on in the culture. No one would listen, but young people is gravitating towards, it and I wrote the book for them. Mm-hmm. This is why I put 700 images in the book. That's how I've come using technology. I made it easy, easily accessible to young people where they could just purchase it from PayPal, mm-hmm. or they could just go on my website, or they could just call me and get it. Mm-hmm. I, made it I made it easier for church groups, uh, leaders, to get it and use it as a reference point to educate and bring some issues up in the church. So if I had a chance to do it all over again, I don't know, um, someone said you should have changed the cover. The cover is kind of complex. I thought if I dealt with the ones and zeros, which is the binary code, I thought if I dealt with the alphabet boys, all these people that are in cahoots to um, to get rid of black people to set this demonic thing in motion, I thought if I kind of put that on the cover, it would at least draw people's attention. They mm-hmm. said, no, nah, man, you're going to speak to rap today, man. You're going to have to put some chicks on the cover, <laughs> some cars with some money. I'm like, damn. Well, as a publisher, I think that the cover is very nice. It's, it, it it draws you in because you're like, it's pieces to a puzzle, and you're trying to figure out, you see all this stuff, and you're like, what what is he talking about? i got to get into it. And I knew it drew me in. I said, oh, boy, I see skulls and, and bones. I see uh, the scales. I see the, the the FBI in there. I see the CIA, and I see the dollar bills in the back and the binary. Right. I, I think it's good. So, you know, don't well, doubt thanks. yourself on that. It's I a very really attractive cover. There's a gentleman by the name of um, Marcus Eppinger. Uh, mm-hmm. He goes by the code name, the tag name of Society. He uh, he designed the cover for me. It's a beautiful cover. Oh, thank you. And that came from, the cover came from a conversation that I had with him on, on the phone. He said, I got you. I know exactly what you want. Mm-hmm. So my last couple of questions is, tell me your latest news. Um what are you working on now? I am working on my next book, which is entitled The Acapella Revolution. Mm. I'm tired of being these cats like Rick Ross and Kanye West spitting these these verses that everybody think is so ooh and ah. I want them to strip the music away, spit their verse, and then explain it mm-hmm. so we can make some sense of it. If you do that, I guarantee you half the people that's in the music industry that's, that's, uh, that's rapping cannot explain that madness. It's verbiage. It's disposable music. Mm-hmm. So the acapella revolution talks about bringing um, a vibratory frequency, 
and raising the conscious level once again through the acapella, through the voice, mm. through the inflection of the voice, through the vibration of the voice, through the spirit of the voice. So when the choir calms itself down on Sunday morning and the reverend, the preacher, the pastor comes up, there's no music playing. We have to be mm-hmm. able to reach the souls of our people. Mm-hmm. So the acapella revolution does this. It's the revolution in acapella. We're going to bring about a complete, constructive, conscious, cosmic change in the hearts and minds of our people by speaking directly to their soul. Mm. And when is this book due out? Uh, when are you finish, trying to finish up on that? Trying to hand that manuscript in within the next 30 days. For real. <laughs> okay. Uh, do you have anything specific that you want to say to your readers uh, who have read The Psychological Covert War on Hip Hop or who plan to get a, the book? Just, yeah, just simply this. Use it as a reference point. It's not the end all to be all. This mm-hmm. is why I put all the references in the book. Mm-hmm. It's supposed to be a, it's a reference book. You don't read it and put it down. You have to reference. You have to refer to it. Re, reconnect, rewind, remind. Really meaning to go back, to bind back to. Go back to it every other day and say, oh, I understand it now. Use it as a reference point. A lot okay. of people are reading the book. They close it up. I read that book. No, it's not that kind of book. Mm. I should have put a page in it called How to Read This Book. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. <laughs> because see, there's a lot of links in there. Um, there's a lot of links to other sites and to uh, get further information about a particular topic, and I find myself going, oh, okay, let me look this up, let me look that up. Right. Yeah, so, yeah, so definitely. That person, would, the average that person, person would, wouldn't do that. Right, but also the average person would have to spend about a year reading the book. That's how it is it deep. Take. It's deep. It is a deep book. You're a good writer. And, by the way, you are a good writer. And so here's my um, one of my final questions. Do you have any advice for other writers who want to be like you and get their message out, whether it's controversial or not, um, but to get their point of view out to the world? What would you say to them? First of all, I wouldn't want them to be like me. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? Why do you say that? No, no, definitely not. No, I want them to be. I want, I want, see, I celebrate the, the divinity in them, and me celebrates the divinity in them. Right. So, no, I don't want them to be like me. I want them to stand on my shoulders and elevate higher. Mm-hmm. I want them to be whatever the creator made or uh, created them to be. Aspects of me, yes, I wouldn't mind that. But me, no. Not at all. I mean, I write from my philosophical perspective. I write from my experience. For example... I've heard five writers so far write about and rap about and sing about the Trayvon Martin issue. Mm-hmm. From where I'm sitting, my four, my four little paragraphs mean something different to me. Listen, this is what I wrote, which is going to be on the next Public Enemy album, okay. dealing with Tray, Trayvon Martin. I said, from the pages of the Crest Theory, I know you hear me. If you're out there listening up, yeah, you might feel me. Do I look suspicious on this track with a black in it, black hoodie consciousness, and black facts? Young kid was shot. It's the cry we heard. Like Emmett Tilly was the tears and it was heartfelt. 
no arrest warrant, no weapons found. One I witness here, the black body's down. I can hear it now. It's the same old racist shit. They said he had a gun, but it's the same old racist confessions of a trigger-happy hitman. Murderous homicidal nature is their racist plan. Burying black boys, bloodthirsty hunger games. The face of race is white. Yeah, ain't got no shame. Stand your ground. The legalized lynch law. Touch another black kid. Yeah, you touch us all. Mm. Now, to, to write like that, from that perspective, you'd have to have some experience. Mm-hmm. Some experiences in life. You probably have to be a little bit more mature. Right. You probably have to understand what the crest theory is. You probably have to understand what consciousness is in dealing with black facts. You have to understand the history of um, young black men being shot down because yes. we pose a threat, a psychological, subconscious threat. You have to know the history of who Emmett Till is. You have to understand uh, basic things with dealing with the, uh, uh, the Jim Crow laws, the unwritten law in America because the law is only as good as the people that enforce it. You have to understand why I wrote this at the same time the movie The Hunger Games was out. Mm. So it's a lot that went into this. But just to hear me spit it like that over a track, oh, yo, you got a little flow, that's cool, and they dismiss it. But no, let's strip away the music and let's deal with it for what it is. Hmm. Well, I tell you, that's a beautiful lyric. I mean, now, I, don't, I don't know if I'm describing that right, but... Um, it was it flowed so well and it it, it spoke to a lot of history which I thought was beautiful. Bringing in Emmett Till. That's what my that's what my book is about the Acapella Revolution. Now if you would have heard that over a beat, you would have got lost in in the music. Mhm. And you would you wouldn't have heard me when I said yeah you touch another black kid yeah you touch us all. That's that right. should be the that should be the cry. You touch one you touch all. Mhm. Was it Jesus that said, least you harm the least of us? Mm, yes, no, he you did. Can't harm, you can't harm the least of us. So when he comes back, he's getting all of his believers, all of his followers, right or wrong. That's right. All right. Okay. So if somebody wants to contact you, because we've come to the end of our show, if somebody wants to contact you uh, to purchase your book, The Psychological Covert War on Hip Hop, uh, can you give us the link to do that, the information to get your book? Right. If we're carrying around plastic in our wallet, then you might want to go to PayPal. Mm-hmm. And uh, the information for PayPal is simply pcwhiphop at gmail.com. pcwhiphop. P as in Paul, C as in Cat, W as in World. PCW, Psychological Covert War. PCW, W, Hip Hop at uh, gmail.com. Or they can call me directly, 678-557-2919. Or if you're just on the Internet, just go to my website and order it. Order it. www.pgriff.info. At www.worldwideweb.pgriff.info. And you can Perfect. order it. From there. And do you have any book signings coming up or any uh, book tours coming up for the book? As a matter of fact, today in two hours, <laughs> I will be at Greenbrier <laughs> Mall in Atlanta, uh, Yeah, the Black Arts Festival. I'm participating in the Black Arts Festival as an artist, as a writer, as a publisher. Um, 
and I'm presenting Analytics, which is my second book, and uh, an RIP, Resource Information Publication, The Atlanta Music Business, was my first book, and The Psychological Covert War on Hip Hop, The Illuminati Takeover of Hip Hop, which is my third book. I'm presenting those three books at the uh, at the mall today. Okay, and can you repeat that location? We didn't get that quite clearly. Greenbrier Mall in Atlanta, Georgia, today from 6 to 9 at Greenbrier Mall, Madhu Bookstore. It's M-E-D-U, Madhu, Madhu Bookstore. Excellent. And if somebody would like to contact you to do a presentation, a book signing, or just to get more information from you, do they call that number that you put out? They can call me at 678-557-2919 or just email me at Professor Griff, P-E, which is for public enemy, Professor Griff, P-E, at gmail.com. Um, my thing is, my, my philosophy is this. Uh, regardless of what how much money it is, if there's a need to come speak to our people, I'll speak on a, a piece of wheat toast in the desert. <laughs> it doesn't make a difference. And, you know, as you see, when I, when, I, when I seen you up in Harlem, I came up to Harlem on my own dime. That's right. So, yeah, we're good. All right. Well, Professor Griff, I want to thank you for your patience, for your perseverance, and for your time, my brother, for coming on the show, enlightening us, and talking about some information that I know a lot of people didn't know about. I mean, uh until my husband told me about your book, I didn't know about the information that was presented today. So, I mean, you definitely are bringing wisdom and knowledge to people who don't know what's going on. And so you're changing the world, and I'm very, very proud of you. And I'm proud of you also. You have to be very brave. A black woman in Christianity speaking truth to power, man, they're going to write about you. That is a very difficult task because a lot of people have their minds already made up. And I'm telling you, we need to study this religion thing a little bit more closely because we never knew anything about no Jesus Mm -hmm. coming over here. They they robbed us of a name, language, culture, God, and took our religion and spiritual concepts. Mm -hmm. We need to press the the religious reset button for real. That's true. Anyway, we'll talk to you. Thank you very much. Give the greetings to your husband. I will. He's enjoying the show. He he told me to tell you hello. Oh, give thanks. I would like to say that revolution is not an event. It's a process. All right. And it is a process. And as part of that process, we had Professor Griff come on the show today. Because, you know, with Taboo Talk, we believe in presenting information that will help enlighten you and help you along your spiritual journey. Well, we have come to the end of our show. Thank you, Professor Griff, for appearing on it again. This episode was done because you are very special, deserving nothing less than what God has promised you, a wonderful, peaceful, happy, joyful, prosperous, abundant life. Continue seeking God's face in all that you do, and a wonderful life will occur for you. People will continue to show up and present you with information that you never heard about so that you can be informed and not ignorant and be able to do the things that you need to do and make the decisions with the right information. Taboo Talk featuring me, Lady Chardonnay Day, exists to help transform your mind, body, and spirit, utilizing the principles of Jesus Christ. 
For more information on me, Lady Charmaine Day, go to www.ladycharmaineday.com. That's www.ladycharmaineday.com. There you can read my monthly blog, read about my business, Unlimited Help, join my Facebook page, Lady Charmaine Day, and YouTube pages, and visit the store to purchase one of my books, T-shirts, products, or programs. And the two books that I recommend that you book is Size 7 Half, Welcome Out of My Shoes, and Heat Simple. Those two books will help you along your spiritual journey, learn about different aspects of life, and how to do things to survive and be happy. I thank you in advance for visiting the site and making a purchase. It is through your purchases I'm able to continue my online ministry. Also, if you have an Android phone, iPhone, iPad, or iPod, download for free the Lady Charmaine Day app. Uh, that app has a lot of different fun things about it. It has a QR scanner, a notepad, tip calculator. You can send in a prayer request. You can also uh, listen to Taboo Talk radio show, view my LinkedIn page, my Facebook fan page. It's all in one place for your spiritual companionship. So definitely download the Lady Charmaine Day app for free in the Google Play Store and iTunes Market. Thank you for tuning in each week. And remember, you are very, very special. We'll continue to sing you good programming from people like Professor Griff. And please, show your support. Buy Professor Griff's book, The Psychological Covert War on Hip Hop. I found it to be very uplifting and enlightening, and I learned so much. And I tell you, it was very good, a good read. So if you haven't already, get your copy of The Psychological Covert War on Hip Hop. Well, thank you for tuning in, and have a blessed day.